0: everybody welcome to episode 5 of the ACS Pod chat. We had a couple of uh, weeks off there, but we are back and ready to roll. Uh, we have a special guest today, Dr. Teresa Cullen and she will be talking to us about getting the most out of student teachers uh, who might be on your team. Uh, But before we get to that, let's get some of the stuff out of the way that we need to talk about. Uh, Don't forget there is a Google Doc reflection that you can uh, type on after this pod chat is over. There is also a Flipgrid um, video response that you can respond to today's pod chat through. Um, It doesn't matter which one you do, either one is fine. Just do one of those because you earn free credits towards your CEUs. Uh, and your license renewals and all that good stuff so please make sure you do that Um, I love reading the comments that people might uh, make on the Google Doc and watching the videos on Flipgrid Um, it's good reflection uh, and makes us think about what we listen to during the pod chat and as always remember that you can listen to these pod chats just about anywhere you have access to a phone or an iPad or a laptop or Chromebook or anything that has an internet connection Uh, So you can listen to these pod chats anywhere. Um, Also, the last thing, don't forget that on the Google Doc that I will email to you, the Google Doc link, there is a link to a Google form for people who are interested in sharing their story on the ACS pod chat. So I know that there are people out there in our district who are willing to share information. um, So you just need to fill out that form so that I can get you on the show. All right, without further ado, I would like to introduce to you, Dr. Teresa Cullen. All right, so welcome, Dr. Teresa Cullen. I'm so excited for you to be here today. Thank you for joining us. Um, So if you could just uh, give the Alliance City School District and anybody else who's listening a little introduction, a little bio about yourself. Tell us who you are.
1: Sure. Um, So my name is Teresa Cullen, and I'm a professor at the University of Oklahoma. I've been here for 12 years. And um, what I do is I coordinate the undergraduate technology integration courses in the College of Education. And so what that means is um, I run our one-to-one iPad program, but then I also do our introduction to technology classes and also our technology integration class for people that are juniors and seniors.
0: Awesome. It just made me think of it. I remember my intro to technology class when I took it at Muskingum University uh, here in Ohio. And I think the, the, like, the most exciting technology technology piece was the Ellison machine, which I thought was, like, unbelievable that that was the most technologically advanced thing that we talked about. <laughs> so, I hope things have changed.
1: I, I had to go through a lab when I took my technology course at Northwest Missouri State, where I had to show that I could um, thread a film strip. <laughs> know, like thread a film strip and thread it. And I'm not that old. Yeah. Um, so um, it, is, it is kind of funny how fast we're growing and changing because our students have are given an iPad upon entering the university um, at the college of education level. And then if they graduate in good standing, which we haven't had much problems with that, but if they graduate in good standing, then they get to keep the iPad and take it into their classroom.
0: Oh, very cool. Very cool. All right, well, Teresa, I'm going to turn it over to you. So give us, uh, oh, no, no, I almost jumped the gun. I'm sorry. I got to give you our intro question uh, that I give to um, every guest that we have. So here's your question. What's the one thing that you're still doing in your classroom and you often wonder why?
1: That's a really good question. (laughs) That's a very good question. Uh, something that I'm still doing in my classroom and that I wonder why. Um, you know, I would say that there are a few things that, um, that, uh, I don't use. Um, just because, like, maybe they're a little bit harder to use. Like, for example, um... You know, we use a learning management system. We use Canvas at the university. Mm -hmm. And I really uh, would do better to have students working in groups where they're giving each other feedback, but I still sometimes do it on paper. Um, I sometimes struggle to think about... um, like sometimes it's hard to manage devices or to have multiple screens open on the iPad at once. And so I always feel like I'm having a struggle, like am I doing something wrong by still using paper? Um, And then I think about the multitasking, and I think, no, it's easier for them. So what I do is I I still let them do their critiques of each other on paper while reading the other person's lesson plan or whatever on the iPad. And then what I do is I use Genius Scan, and I have the students uh, scan their feedback to the other person, and then they get some experience using electronic uh, scanning technology. So that's kind of my maybe my um, forgiveness uh, kind of point for myself, is that um, I allow them to take something paper and then scan it.
0: Okay. You know what? We do do some of the similar things here at the high school. Uh, We're one-to-one iPads as well, and um, there are some kids who just like paper. And they, mm-hmm. they really, you know, they'll do things on the iPad, but like when it comes to taking notes or, you know, or drawings or something, they just really like paper. And so we've come to the conclusion that, you know, maybe we should stop fighting it sometimes. Um, let, let the kids do, you know, things in different media, um, but we, we use Google Classroom for some of our stuff. And if you want to do your work on paper, that's fine, but you have to turn it in through Classroom. So... We have kids taking pictures of their notes or their drawings or whatever they need to do because, as a you know, for as a teacher, it's easier to collect it all through Google Classroom. Um, it's easier to right. to manage it. So, so we kind of do like a little bit of a hybrid approach. So, I don't think I think it. I, I struggled with the same thing that you do. Uh, I don't think it's wrong to let them use paper sometimes, but uh, I definitely struggle with it <laughs> a lot. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. So well, we
1: just recently did an assignment. Um, each week, my students have a reading response. We're using uh, readings from um, ISTE, the International Society for Technology and Education, as our instead of a textbook. Yeah. And so the students each week have to do a reading response. So we use a variety of different things. Uh, sometimes they, they get asked to write something. We've done a lot of Flipgrid responses. We've done a lot of either uh, Flipgrid um where we had them make a clip video or we had made them do an Adobe Spark video as their reading response. And then um, this week it was sketch noting. And what was interesting was is a lot of students were very uncomfortable with the idea of sketch noting. I mean they're successful college students. They're really good note takers, but um, sketch noting for some of them was a real loop. Yeah. Um, and so they, um, what, what I had was several who did uh, do it on paper. And they said, I just couldn't see my, my mind around doing it on an iPad. And I said, you know, there's plenty of people who do this kind of note-taking on paper, and that's fine. And what was great is that we got to spend a lot of time talking about kids that are going to be in their future classrooms, where there might be a kid who we're asking to take, you know, uh, what is it, Cornell notes or something that's very structured note-taking. But they're artistic kids, and so how can we get them to... Uh, as future teachers to be thinking about what is the tool in my toolkit that I can help to reach out to these kids with and help them all feel successful.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Well, speaking of those teachers that you are teaching, the future teachers, um, you're going to be talking to us today about getting the most out of a student teacher um, on your team. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say. So uh, I know we've got a couple of student teachers in our building right now. um, So let's have it.
1: Well, I I was, um, I really, I love the opportunity that I get to talk to your teachers about. Um, I just got done with a research study that just got published in the International Journal of uh, Mobile and Blended Learning about uh, people during their student teaching semester um, after having been in a one-to-one iPad program. And the thing that really jumped out about me about the results that I found was that they're dying to be creative. Mm. They want to be creative. They want to use what they learned. But um, a lot of times in their student teacher placement, they're not giving the opportunity to really use what they know. Okay. And and so it's kind of a sad it's kind of a sad situation. And what I really um, have been talking to teachers about lately that I'm really excited about is to think about the student teacher. Um, All colleges of education within the next, I want to say, three years when they go through the accreditation process are going to have to, our accreditor agency is called CAPE, used to be called Mm NCAPE, and um, they have updated all of their standards, and now technology is considered a cross-cutting theme, which means that it has to be seen throughout their entire program Mm -hmm. and that teachers need to be trained in to make meaningful use of technology. So we've got these students that are graduating that know a lot about technology, but they know very little about is classroom management, um, grade management, and that sort of thing. And so the thing that I'm most excited about is I'm really challenging schools with student teachers and first year teachers to think about it as a murdering system more than just uh, apprenticeship. And thinking about how they can use the experiences that these students have had with updated professional development, um, new, new techniques and new skills with technology, and how they can let them come into their classroom and help them to infuse technology, knowing that they're going to be really bad at things like classroom management, uh, grade management, that sort of thing. So there's such a great trade that can happen as long as everybody kind of admits where they're at.
0: Hmm. And that's
1: something that I'm really trying to encourage people to do.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting I, I think that th- just that point alone everybody admitting to where they are is is a huge step in moving forward whether you're a student teacher or you're a teacher who's been teaching for 20 30 years um, you know a- mm-hmm. acknowledging uh, you know what you're good at what you're bad at and where you can make improvements is is huge
1: yeah very much so and and you know the thing is that when I interviewed our students and found out they said, So I've got all these great ideas, and there's all this great opportunity, but I'm not allowed to use it because this is a curriculum. And, you know, like they said, you know, we've all decided we're giving a worksheet. Mm -hmm. And they said, I'd really love to be able to do something or try something, and uh, to be able to do that. And then also, um, what they were saying, though, is like, I have no idea how to keep the kids quiet in the classroom or to keep 30 hands from coming up. And, And so that's really that exchange that's so important. Yeah. And one, one of the things that we're spending a lot of time with our students that are about to graduate, I, I don't know, in Ohio, do you have a teacher shortage like we do in Oklahoma?
0: You know, I, you know I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm not real sure. Um, it's been so long since I looked for a job that I'm not even, I, I couldn't even tell you.
1: Well, what I was going to say is that in Oklahoma, we have a huge teacher shortage. You okay. may have heard some things about Oklahoma in the news at some point. Um, and so our students are actually, you know, kind of, uh, it's the fire's market. Like the students are going out there. They are really need to choose between jobs. Wow. And so we're spending a lot of time now saying, how do you, when someone is student teaching, how is their technology culture communicated to you? Like what, what is the school about? What is it willing to do? What kind of resources do they have? we're also talking to our student teachers about how they can better ask those kinds of questions. Like, you know, if I wanted to use technology in my classroom, what's available? And um, that's one of the things that if you want to get the best and brightest new teachers in your school, communicating that clearly can be a great way to attract young teachers into your school.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. I, I, I think about, I'm thinking about that on just in our own district. You know, I feel like we have a, a very good tech culture, uh, idea. You know, it's, it's in our, it's on our mission plan, it's in our four year plan and things like that. Um, but I sometimes think about individual people, you know, like what is their own individual tech culture? Um, and, and do Uh they actually believe that, you know, um, do they believe in the district mission, um, and, and the use of technology? So that's, those are important questions. I love that, that, uh, that phrase tech culture. I like that a lot.
1: Right. And, and the thing is, is that I don't always realize that people, I don't know that everybody realizes that students are, are, like, future teachers, like people graduating, are really looking at that. I was talking to a student yesterday who got her first job offer, and she says I can really see myself there. They told me that I could have access to Chromebooks, I could have access to podcasts, I could have access to all these different things. I mean, there's so many things I could do there. And her excitement <laughs> wasn't. And um, that's what I really think that we could really tap into is about letting students know that they're going to have enough room to be able to make some choices um, when they come into the teaching profession, but that they'll also be supported on the kinds of things that they struggle with, like classroom management.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. I'm just thinking, you know, again, I'm Um, just thinking about all the new teachers that have come into our building in 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 the last few years and um you know thinking about technology implementation and you know because that's 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 what i do you know that's technology integration is 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 part of my job and you know i wonder like sometimes if if the i I don't know where 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 are the struggles like where when you have teachers that leave and get jobs um, and they're all excited and and things happen and then all of a sudden you know maybe they follow up with you and and they're a little bit um Maybe a little bit more negative than they were when they left. What 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 is what are the things that are happening in schools that that keep these these future teachers or, or new teachers from continuing to be excited?
1: So um, I'll say that there's there's a couple of different things, a couple of things that we're doing in colleges of education, um, a couple of things that are not related to technology, um, and then uh, and then kind of uh, those related to technology. I would say. Um, One of the things that I think um, makes the students less excited is kind of the testing culture sometimes, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're not doing a good enough job of preparing students to understand all the data that they're getting. Um, I don't know if you guys use, like, Lexia or Renaissance Learning or some of those other tools that help with, like, credit recovery and... um, remediation but yeah. we don't we need to do a much better job at colleges of education and preparing students to understand all the data that's going to be thrown at them
0: yeah yeah I, I i agree i think i've said this before in our district leadership meetings and things i think we're really good at collecting data <laughs> but i'm not so sure that we know what to do with it sometimes
1: right and i also feel like um, we have all these great we, – we get all these tools that come with our textbook that are encouraging us to look at data, but we're never triangulating it. We're never saying, what is this data that we're getting from our textbook? What does that have to do with the test board? And I think – that students that that new teachers come in and are a little overwhelmed by that. Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, you know, I was talking, like I said, to someone who just got their first job offer yesterday, and um, the one question she asked, what would be the one question you'd ask on an interview? And I always tell her to I always tell them to ask about what is your new teacher mentoring program. Yeah. And that's a you know not a technology related issue, but the truth be told is that what I find is part of where the you know the shininess leads is when students don't feel they know who they can talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't know, um, you know, a new teacher doesn't know who they can ask questions to, and if they make a mistake, admit it. Um, that culture of making mistakes, which kind of goes to that whole, you know, genius hour culture, everything that some schools have, is really great for beginning teachers, because mm-hmm. they will make mistakes, and they need to know what to do when they do, and how to be more um,
0: successful. Yeah, okay. I think that's the last bell for a while, so we should be good.
1: Okay, yeah. that's all good. Um, the other, um, so there's, there's one other uh, issue too that comes with technology is the fact that, and this comes to um, having our students being well prepared to interview. Um, and also having them be well-prepared to use a multitude of tools. We're a one-to-one iPad program in a college of education. And one of the pieces of feedback that I've gotten from our graduates is that I didn't spend enough time on how to use technology in a Chromebook setting. Mm. And so one of the things that we've had to change a lot of is to kind of talk about um For example, we use Book Creator on the iPad, and now I can talk about how to use Book Creator using a Chrome browser. Um, Same thing with um, Adobe Spark Video. Uh, Part of the reason we teach Adobe Spark in addition to Clips and iMovie is the fact that if you end up going to a Chromebook school, that's something that's still an option for you. And so uh, we need to also be careful. Like, you know, when we all have the same device, it is so wonderful because I can say, I know you have this, or I know you can do this. Um, And that's, you know, an ideal setting in schools. But when we really think about how schools get their technology, it's one teacher wrote a grant, or the PTA helped out this classroom, or, you know, it's cobbled together over a series of of different uh, purchases or initiatives. And so we need to make our students a little bit more um, agile in jumping between technologies. And so that's something that we're working on, and that we hope that when they Get to the setting that they're excited to learn new things and get to learn whatever your school has adopted.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I um I find myself in that same situation. I teach a, a graduate course on technology, and uh, sometimes you know I know there's people out there that have iPads, and I know there's people that have Chromebooks, and there's there's such a wide range of tools. And so I'll try to show something, you know, like I show iMovie or something on an iPad, and I show how easy it is to make, you know, movie trailers. Um, and then I always get the question, like, what's, you know, what is the, what else out, what's out there that I can use to make a movie trailer, you know? And and sometimes I find that there aren't things that do specific yeah. exactly like that, um, you know. So it's it's some people get a little discouraged because they're like, man, iMovie trailers look so easy, you know, and, and, and Adobe Spark Video is is really cool. But it doesn't quite do the same things, and then they get a little discouraged. Um, so I I feel like sometimes that happens with adults, and it also happens with, with students too. They get a little discouraged because something isn't exactly like they had uh, hoped it would be. I guess.
1: Right. The other thing that I that is such a challenge and such a balance when we're looking at preparing teachers is like I know how to do a lot of things, and I, and I'm not like you know trying to be boastful. Or and the thing was is that what I got is straight feedback from students was, Dr. Cullen, we don't need to know how to do all of this. It's too much. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know. And so one of the things that I've done in redesigning my course this semester is I spend more time focusing on a few tools. And I think that this is another thing that for a new teacher that we can do in, in a mentoring capacity. A lot of times, Part of why they lose that enthusiasm is they hit the gate and they're so excited at all the possibilities. But it's kind of like being really hungry and going to a buffet. <laughs> you'll make yourself sick, yeah. right? Yeah
0: yeah.
1: And, and, and so the whole thing is is that what we have to teach them is it's okay. Um, one of the activities that we do in our technology course is um, we take um, all the different like uh, whiteboard apps that you could use. I mean, we use from Notability to um, Explain Everything to EduCreations. We use some, some ones uh, like Doceri, that's kind of old school. Um, and what I do is I have the students all do a presentation on a book they read using a different app. And then we have a conversation about, like, good, better, best, or, like, what do they do? And we come to the conclusion. Uh, there's two conclusions we usually come to. One, you get what you pay for, and yeah. sometimes it's good to pay for an app because you'll have the functionality and without the limitations. Um, the second thing is is that they all do basically the same thing, and just because the person at the other tables said they liked edu-creation better doesn't mean that it's better for you if you really know how to use Explain Everything. right? And so mm. um, we have to also kind of... Uh, you know, I'm working on this, and this is something even for first-year teachers to learn, is that a district will adopt certain technologies, and you have to be able to go with it. And even though you really liked this one, if your district has this one bought, like, for example, if you bought Explain Everything for all the iPads in the school, then you need to pivot, and you need to use what they've provided to you. And then if you have a good reason... How do you make that reason? One of the things we also work on is writing a letter to like your principal or your superintendent to ask for something and to learn how to do donors choose grants, mm. so that if there's something that you want in your classroom that you know how to get it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I always I use my story of myself, you know, and and I did not know how to ask for things um, in 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 a previous district, and so I think it got me into trouble sometimes because. I would just go do things on my own, like all rogue, uh-huh. and um, and it put me in a bad spot with with the technology department. And so I think that's important. I talked to my grad class about it. I think it's. I'm glad that you're talking to your your students about it too. Is, is how to ask for things, um, being able to prove that what you want is what you want, um, and 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 you're going to get some kind of return from from that kind of purchase. So that's that's good to know. Yeah,
1: and so I think I think the most important thing is is um, if you're having a student teacher or you're having a first year teacher on your team, probably the best thing for you to do is you know to listen and watch them to see where they're struggling because it'll likely be classroom management, and we all know that first year's rough. Yeah. Um. And and then find and carve out a space. When I have graduate students that help me teach my course. Um, what I always do first is I have them observe the class or have them learn with me, and then what I do is I pick one topic, often a topic that I'm not happy with how we're teaching it, and I let them take the lead on that, and I and I give them just enough rope so that they can you know kind of you know be creative and do that sort of thing, but I give them a lot of feedback, and. Um, allow them to, allow them to test the waters, allow them to take leadership in a lesson, allow them to design something and think about how it'll work. And um, an experienced teacher will be able to add in that classroom management piece, that will make it successful. But what you might find is it would help increase their satisfaction, their willingness to stay in the teaching profession. But it also might really enhance what your classrooms are doing. And I think that would be a great way to get either a student teacher or a first year teacher to really contribute but then also feel a great amount of satisfaction that they did something using technology and were able to impart the knowledge that they have from their college.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That sounds fantastic. Because I, I, I think that uh, you know, a lot of times um, the new teachers you know, are fearful that they can't learn anything from the old teachers, and old teachers are fearful that they can't learn anything from the new teachers. And I think that uh, what you're saying is absolutely right. You, just, everybody, you should get the best of both worlds. Um, And collaborate and work together to to come up with good solutions to whatever the problems might be. Um, Right,
1: and allowing time for mistakes. I think that's the most important thing. Absolutely. I remember as a first-year teacher, my official uh, mentor was the school principal. Okay. So whenever I made a mistake, I wasn't going to talk to anybody. But the family and consumer science teacher her, um, her classroom was next to mine, and it was kind of funny because after I taught for a couple of years, she left, and I found her number, and I called her, and I just apologized <laughs> for being a first-year teacher, know-it-all, and, and, you know, all the questions I asked her, and she goes, that's what first-year teaching is all about.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, that, that relationship that you have during your first year, he's mentoring you and he's helping you, letting you say the mistakes that you made is one that will be so important for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah! Wow! Very good. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Um, I really, really appreciate it, and I think that um, I think a lot of the stuff that you said is is not only good for uh, for student teachers, but good for uh, everybody, uh, everybody involved. First year teachers, uh, you know, twenty year teachers, uh, whatever. I think it's very, very good information. Um, and so again, well, and I, appreciate I it. and
1: I just have to say one thing. I, I'd like to add is just that. You know, um, I just want to thank everybody who has student teachers and who opens up their classroom. You know, I know a lot of people, um, you know, say, oh, well, that must be nice. You get to drink more coffee and have someone do your grading for (laughs) you. But managing a student teacher is one of the most important things to elevate our profession and also a lot of hard work. And so I just, I wouldn't want to leave without saying just thank you for everyone who's willing to open their classroom to a student teacher and also to mentor first-year teachers because that's how we keep our profession great and growing and just thank you.
0: Yeah, awesome, absolutely. So yes, thank you to everyone who has uh, agreed to have a student teacher. Um, And again, thank you, Dr. Cullen, for uh, being with us today. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, those of you that are listening, don't forget to uh, do your reflection either in the Google Doc or on the Flipgrid, uh, your choice. Uh, and remember, you can listen to this podcast, pod chat, whatever you want to call it, uh, anytime, anywhere uh, that you are. So um, enjoy the learning opportunities, and thank you for participating. And all I have left to say is peace. I'm out of here. Go along, my friend. Farewell, goodbye I'd love to stay and play and sing for a while But it's time to hit the road Say goodbye so long